You're listening to the World Football Program with all the latest updates from both local and international football. theme can mean only one thing. Good morning, Fremantle. Good morning, world. You are listening to 107.9 Radio Fremantle's The World Football Programme, which is brought to you every week by our partners, Futsal WA, the premier futsal competition in Perth, Oswest Fencing and Wrought Iron for custom-built fencing gates and automation. Gate and Fence Hardware WA for all your related hardware and automation packages. Before we start, it would be remiss of me not to thank the Celtic Rambles teams of AD and Heather, they are going to be your new regular pro- guests. Well, not guests. They are regular now. They will be your presenters of Celtic Rambles, which can be heard every Saturday morning. And if you missed anything on that show, hit the restream or go to www107.9 Radio Fremantle's face uh, homepage, and you can find it there. Joining me in the studio today is Millwall superfan Jim Webb. Good morning, Jim. How are you today? Uh, good morning, Hugh. Good morning, everyone. Welcome to Championship Two Hours Football Cham- Chat. Championship <laughs> Two Hours. We'll be uh, finding up uh, <laughs> Hayley Roach, the Lost Lioness, in about a minute and a half. We'll be talking two hours of Championship Football. No, we won't. No, we won't. We uh, did kind uh, Penny Tannehoth, the superstar that is Penny that the boss uh, she goes what are you going to talk about I said well it's going to be two hours of EFL mainly focusing on Millwall West Brom and Rotherham but no she said no the boss said no so we've got a we've got a big show lined up today uh, we have coming up very very shortly is the actual Perth superfan Matthew Stacey he'll be talking to us about all things happening there including the upcoming AGM for the Perth Shed Boys which will be held later on today um You've been keeping abreast of that uh, ownership uh, situation at, at Glory, there, Jim. <sighs> yeah. The good news is the, uh, the, yeah, the good news is those lads. Uh, if you go back to our F- World Football Program Facebook page, about the middle of last season, I posted about uh, this ownership group that had taken over Saudi 
seaside Catania, and they took it over not because it was in debt or, you know, a, a fallen giant, which they are. Catania were a, a, a huge side here traditionally in Serie A, but they have fallen on hard times, and they went, this is a project for love, and they have taken that side to stability, and it has all the hallmarks for me of not quite the um, the Manchester City group, but you buy a, a main club, buy a couple of feeder clubs, and then you can move players backwards and forth. No. But we'll talk to Matt Stacey about that one very like, shortly. like the Watford owners that have got about 11 other clubs that they move all their players around. Exactly there. right. Okay. So I, I hopefully... We will see something similar to that. Maybe not. Who knows? They could just be mercenary. We I think everyone just wants a successful glory team regardless. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, after uh, Matt Stacey, we'll have our American correspondent, Zach Walker, all the way from Denver, Colorado. He's going to talk to us about that disappointment <laughs> of the US women's national team. How disappointed would you be that your side got to the World Cup quarterfinals? Me, you know, Australia, the, the, the Matildas, Traditionally, we get we make the quarterfinals all the time, but if the Socceroos make the quarterfinals, and you'd be devastated. No way, no. mate. <laughs> but the US, there's been some fallout there. The um, the coach is gone, players are gone. It has just been toys out of the pram. Unbelievable. Well, I think most of that's been pushed away because of what the Spain incident at the moment. That seems to be the headline grabbers. Yeah, it, so. we're not going to talk about that. No. Um, no. You know, I will put my two cents about that Spain incident and the thing that uh, has been. Um, not spoken about was the uh, the butt tap, like you know, okay, the, the the inappropriate touching, but as she's walked off the stage, he's given her a slap on the. I've gone, nobody's talking about that. That was in, a, and I was watching that uh, 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 medal presentation. I thought, oh, he's in trouble there, but no, he's in trouble for. The, but mm, anyway, we're not talking about move that. On. We're not talking about that. Move on. After Zach Walker, we have, and this is the one I'm going to be a little bit. Uh, <laughs> you worried about this one, didn't you? <laughs> we did. Uh, both Jim and I saw, and I suppose you guys did as well, on the NPL, W and State League's Facebook page, the Cook Islands have got a recruitment drive. So the Cook Islands national side uh, looking for players, and we will be talking to the head of scouting, the person who put that post on there, Russ Gurr, who will be getting up at silly o'clock in England, and that's why I've got that little bit of doubt that maybe, but I've got a backup one. Unless he's just coming in from the clubs. <laughs> Could be. Still got the disco balls flashing in his eyes. <laughs> and we will finish with that EFL, mainly the championship chat with the Lost Lioness, Hayley Roach, uh, in the last half hour of the show. So, like I said, a big, big, big show. Jim, before we start, is there anything you would like to inform our listeners about? I think we can talk about local football to start with, shall we? Of course we can. And then, uh, obviously, uh, as we're recording this, uh, in about an hour's time, we've got the start of all the state cup finals up at the new football centre. Now, yeah, I saw the new. I said to Jim, I saw the new football centre when I flew in yesterday um, morning, uh, afternoon, as it ended up being. Um, it looks good from the air, mm. but it does look as I've. Uh, Mentioned more than a few times, sometimes critically, according to some of you listeners, that it is not the size that we deserve. But from the air, it looks spectacular. Good. It looks small. Good. Yeah. Well, not so good. Yeah, but that's a... Yeah. There is there is potential to expand, I believe, but it would have been <sighs> nice to have something boutique I, yeah. ready for these finals. I know. So, I, I hate that phrase. We've built yeah. it and it's got the potential to expand. That's why we have all these roadworks on our major mm -hmm. uh, uh, thoroughfares because there's ex 
there's potential to expand. Just build it. <laughs> but anyway, there's there's the games that are going on today at 11 o'clock, so what, yep. just under an hour's time. Mm-hmm. We've got the under-18s cup final. That's Perth Soccer Club against Florida Athena. Mm-hmm. And then quarter past one, the reserves, where we've got the Perth Glory reserves playing Armadale reserves. It's good there. It's good there that the, yeah. the, the Glory youth are coming through. That's good. And then 3.45... Funny time to start a game of football, 3 40 I'll tell you why that's, in a minute. That's half-time to everyone else, isn't it? <laughs> but uh, you've got the Women's State Cup final. That's Hyundai uh, NTC against yep. uh, Murdoch University in Melville. Go, Penny. Come yeah, on. Yeah, I bet she's uh, going to be excited. And that's that's going to be an even contest. I can see that going the whole way. Yeah, yeah. And then 6.30, we've got the Men's State Cup final with... Inglewood versus Florida Athena. Crikey. So, uh, so some cracking games there. Uh, yeah, the, the staggered starts there, well, the unusual start times, um, they are allocating for the potential of extra time and kicks from the penalty mark because, you know, the, some of those games, I think the 18s and the reserves... They're going straight to penalties. Go straight to yeah. kicks. And the other ones will go to the extra, whole extra, way. But we won't time. have that, uh, um, you know, Pierre... Cou- Pierre-Luigi Kalina, let's put another 25 minutes of added on time. No, there'll be some added on time, but nothing is silly. And, and talking of that, did you see UEFA have complained yeah, about the Premier League, despite the fact that it's a FIFA, yeah. and then all of a sudden, no, it would, in the European competitions now, they're not having 12, 13 minutes yet. The Premier well, League and, and, and England and other countries now, we're having 10, 12, 13. I mean, we, no, it's great value for money. We can have that discussion at another time there, Jim, because that'll fill two hours, because UEFA <laughs> and FIFA... Ever since Platini got the uh, the pineapple, thank you very much, Sean. I was going to use a different word there. Um, those two organisations believe they own the game and have been at loggerheads ever since. Now, FIFA go, well, hello, we are the world body and therefore you answer to us. And UEFA have gone, no, no, we own the game and therefore we'll do what we like and you tick it off. That's crazy. But... As we saw in the World Cup in uh, 2022, I mean, some of those games were just ridiculous. Like the, which one was it? The England, was it England, Saudi Arabia? No, England. I can't remember now. I've watched so many games. But that England game basically had an extra half of football mm. just on added time mm. in the two halves. It's, no. You, so now when you're doing the, um, I'm the coach, I'll bring a player on for the last five minutes. You could be bringing him on for the last half hour. Come on now. No, he's just coming back from injury. You only need five minutes. Don't bring him on until like five minutes to go. Anyway, another story. We've got Matt, excuse me, we've got Matt Stacey coming up. Stick with us. We're here from 10 to noon every Saturday morning during the football season. We do have Christmas off. Did you vote for Christmas off this year, Jim? Or were you not in that poll? Oh, I don't think I was in that poll. Yeah. Oh, no. No, no. Uh, Pete Skiller was the uh, the main protagonist there for the no vote. <laughs> <laughs> Move on. <laughs> and being that he's the world's greatest wingman, I went, well, if he says no, I say no. <laughs> so we won't be on during the Christmas period, but we're on basically all throughout the season, middle of January to the middle of December, a couple of weeks off for Christmas. Matt Stacey coming up next. Stick with us. You're on the World Football Programme on 107.9 Radio Fremantle. It's just gone at 10 past 10 here on Saturday, the 3rd, 2nd. 2nd? 2nd of September. Radio Fremantle, 107.9 FM. Hey, hey, it's Futsal WA, the leading futsal organisation in Western Australia. With continually growing men's, women's and junior competitions for any ability levels, all year and all around Perth, 
Futsal WA also provides elite development pathways and competitions for juniors, youth and seniors. The fun, fast-paced social aspect of the game could be the perfect fit for you. To enter a team or to find out more, contact us on 0432-745-140 or simply at www.futsalwa.org.au. Gate and Fence Hardware WA, your one-stop shop for all gate and fence hardware components, wrought iron, automation and electronic gate security. We can offer great advice and solutions for your project. Trade and layman, welcome. Hardware shipped all over Australia. Contact the team on 92586822 or shop online at gateandfencehardware.com.au. Station sponsor. Oswest Fencing and Raw Tine is a fourth generation family business. Ring us about your custom gate and fence projects. We can manufacture, install or automate your gates, offer electronic security or simply just provide sound advice. Let our family look after your family. Oswest Fencing and Raw Tine. Call us on 9258-6822. Station sponsor. Radio Fremantle 107.9 FM. And yes, you are listening to Radio Fremantle 107.9 FM. Live across the world, we are available as a podcast or on Spotify. Jim, you are now officially a Spotify artist, so when uh, you go down the street, just say, no autographs, mate, no no photos, get away from me, mate. You are a Spotify artist. I was already a Spotify artist with my podcast. Yeah. Yes, and give it a plug there, Jim. Well, it's actually uh, it's, it's in a dormant state at the moment, so there's no need to give it a plug <laughs> at the moment. Um, uh, we're concentrating my efforts on uh, other opportunities, shall we say. Watch this space. I was going to say, it's not an opportunity with me, that's for sure. <laughs> <laughs> Joining us now on the radio is Perth Glory superfan Matthew Stacey. Good morning, Matthew. How are you today? Very good, after, especially after last night. And how did you find that game? We'll start right there, Matthew. Unfortunately uh, for me, being that I've got a new job, uh, a 27-hour day before I went to bed wasn't going to stretch out to 33 hours to watch that game. How did it go, mate? Um, Perth Glory won 5-2 against Oof. Sterling. Adam Taggart scoring four goals. Good on and, you, Dave, and Dave Williams scoring the other. I thought Dave had gone. Dave Williams. Our, the other Williams has gone. Oh. D- Dave Williams is still with us. Okay, good man. Yeah, all right. So how did Tags look? I mean, he's had a few injury concerns, particularly last season, which, you know, when you come in uh, after pre-season and, you know, underdone, that was always going to be the case, but obviously four goals. Um, again, playing probably at, uh, at half pace, no disrespect to Sterling, but you're certainly not going to go 100 mile an hour in a pre-season friendly. Oh, they, they, were, they, were, going, they were going strong. Were they really? The first half, Ooh. yeah. It slowed down in the second half yep. when we um, went, obviously, the other team, when they did the, sort of all the main players left the team, and right. only a couple, and that's when Dave Williams scored, and that's when we let 
the goals in in the second half. No, no, we, did, we didn't let goals in. That's when Sterling Macedonia showed their class and put pressure on the Perth Glory to score two crackers. Yeah, but that was yeah, when but... it wasn't the, Well, that wasn't when the A-League team was playing. <laughs> you know, I'm just wanting you up there, Matthew. You've you got to know the joke when you hear it. <laughs> now, the youngsters that came on because of the Glory uh, youth side are going in the cup final later on this afternoon. How did they look? Well, they look good, but obviously not as good as the A-League, the men's team. Sterling outplayed them in that sense. When yeah. the youngsters came on, it was more open the game. But okay. it, was a good, it, it, was, it was a good game. Like, any Glory fan should be pleased with what's happening at the club in yeah. the coaching form. Yeah, the, no, form mate, the, the formations looked good. Yep. What and formation? Were, excuse me, there, Matthew. What formation do you think they started with? Was it a four-three-three? Uh, not, not quite sure. No. But it was, but because of it, it's obviously they're just trying all different things. Sure. But everything looked structured. They looked like they knew what they were doing. Yep. And kept to it. And um, just say, Matthew, what was the style of play like? Was there a difference in the style of play from the last few years to be watching? <laughs> yes, much, much different. Yep. Much more focused. Yeah, well, we expected that. I mean, yeah, with the new coach coming in, I know, again, I, I, I don't like to harp on. The new coach obviously brings the, the new style, and he has been renowned wherever he's gone to have a, a fairly attack-minded thought process. Was Tags up on his own, or did he have a... Was it two up front? Can you remember, Matthew? I think it was two up front, but I'm not sure who the other one was because of, they didn't have names on their shirts. And right. obviously the lineup doesn't have the no, the names that that's obviously on the Glory page. Okay. It had the, yeah, it, it didn't just... have the names of the shirts. No. So it makes it very hard when you're in the stand to actually pick up that side of yep. it. Yep. Isn't yep. it a shame clubs don't produce programs to help the people that are watching yeah. these games these days? Yeah. yeah. Even a single... Remember that you used to have single-sheet team sheets handed yeah, out. Yeah, yeah, I do. You know. uh, the, the reason for that, obviously, is that because the season hasn't started, uh, you have to formulise and finalise your player sheet. So, you know, if Tags wants the number nine shirt and yeah. somebody else wants the number nine shirt, you know, out, out the car park, fisticuffs, whoever comes back yeah. in gets the number nine shirt. So that, that would be why they don't have the names on the back of the shirt now. But I do like a, a 1 just, to 11 just, starting. Yeah, just a team sheet handed out as you sure. walk through the gate would be nice, wouldn't it? But... It's not hard to do. It's not hard to do. But again, with um, once they get those numbers finalised, we see that. Yeah. So people think that that's uh, wet their appetite. Um they're playing pretty soon, aren't they? They've got a game, what, Tuesday, Tuesday night? Tuesday night, yeah, well. up at uh, Kingsway. Yeah, Kingsway, and that one is free for everyone to go see. We, you didn't have to pay entry fees last night, did you, Matthew? Yeah, it was um, $10 adults, $5 concession, but that money goes to Sterling, so it's a good goes to a good cause. Understood, understood. Jim and I were talking about that uh, just off air before we came on it, uh, to say... Maybe the new state football centre could be the venue for these pre-season for the glory and entry fee a gold coin to to charity. But if that uh, entry fee has gone to to Sterling for a uh, for a good cause, as you say, Matthew, that, that that's fair enough. But free entry they on help. Tuesday. Yeah, free entry on Tuesday, and that's not the only pre-season game I can actually announce. Oh, go for it. Go, go for, for it. it. Yep. Uh, I'm not sure exactly the venue, but the men will be playing the state team on the 24th. Is that one? And? And? 
and the girls will be playing as well on that day. Double header. At the same venue. Is that yeah. the one that's likely to be down uh, Bunbury Way? No. No? Oh. No. Yeah. So a double header. I, I, yeah, double header. I'm, I think Anthony told me it was at the State Football Centre, yeah. but I'm not quite sure. I miss you know, I mean, didn't quite catch where the venue was yeah, for that Jim, one. That's exactly what we uh, suggested. Yes. So they've, they've been listening to us already. Yeah. 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 We mentioned it two minutes ago and straight away, action aplenty. That's the yeah. power and, we have and, here. At and the, the good thing... And the good thing about yep. that game, yes. it's over the long weekend. So there are a lot more Glory fans should be able to get to that one. Ooh, or conversely, a lot more Glory fans are taking the opportunity to have one last holiday before the season mm. kicks on. No, that's a good time to have it. Yeah, it'd be a good... So that would probably be the inauguration of the State Football Centre, the first games uh, officially held there. Yes. Oh, we've got today. Sorry, no, we've got today. What am I thinking of? What a dummy head. <laughs> Yeah. Or oh, proper, proper teams playing like A League team. Proper teams, come on, Matt, come on, they're all proper teams. Yeah. <laughs> Matthew, some new signings. You have been sending my way some new signings and re-signings. Which ones have caught your eye for the men's, oh, please? Oh, the men's. We've only really only had one that was announced yesterday. We've had re-signings, yeah, but, that, yeah. but they're nothing really. Re-signings are re-signings, but. <laughs> Okay, well, with our league, Matthew, uh, re-signing is as good as a signing because there's no, yeah. still there's no transfer fee, so any player can, for whatever reason, go. I don't like the colour of the socks. I'm off somewhere else for no fee whatsoever. It's, uh, it's still a crazy situation, but they're rectifying that apparently. Yeah. We just say we're going to have a very tall back line with nice. our latest signing. He's pretty tall as well, and he's a WA boy. Yes. Yep. And, and yeah. do, do you want to announce his name? Because I'm looking at it yeah. and I'm going to struggle. Yeah. Oh, no, yeah. I'm yeah. Not, not even going to attempt it. <laughs> oh, well, that's it, I'm Matthew. in your camp, Matthew. Yeah. <laughs> Jim and I were looking at that off air going, there's no way we're going that on here. And I thought, that's, don't worry, Matt knows how to pronounce it. No, Matt doesn't know how to pronounce yeah. it either. But, yeah, that's a, a, you know. We'll call him Alex. Alex, exactly yeah. right. <laughs> and? And? I was talking, I don't know how true it is, but there's been rumoured that Neil Kilkenny has been at the club talking mm. with the clubs. So, and he was at the game watching last night, didn't give too much away. Uh, why would he? But, but he was there watching, so just watch this space, because the way he was talking sounded like he was... Could be coming back, how but old, just just yeah. couldn't tell. Yeah, how old is he these days? He would be getting to his. He'll be in the older range, but mm. I'd be happily have him with the players we've lost this season. We need we need experienced players. Yeah, that's true enough. You always there's always room for a um, a cool head holding midfielder who knows how to pass a ball two feet uh, on a regular yeah. basis, which obviously Neil. Ticks all of those boxes. You don't think the uh, the manner in which he left the club leaves a bit of a you know? He's really? thirty-seven. But we don't we don't really know what happened going with everything well, no, that is going that everything that's been yeah. going around at the moment. Okay. 
Yeah. Okay. All right. I'll, I'll take that on board. You, you're right there. And as Jim just said, <laughs> how old, Jim? 37. 37. And his birthday is when? Because we, we both play football managers, so 37 could actually be 38. Yeah, well, he's, he was born on the 19th of December, 1985. So he's 38. <laughs> He'll be 38 during the season. season. Mm. Okay. Uh, I would have him on another year and then potentially come into the coaching role like he wanted. Yep. Get him involved, even if it's not for the hey, A League team, be, but for the. Could be that. Yeah, that's, a good, that's a good, good call. Idea. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's got plenty of uh, experience. I'm not sure whether he's got the full uh, uh, coaching badges yet, but uh, that could be the, the, the thought process. Come over, that's what, start that, that along. That's, that's what he wanted to do. That that's what all started him leaving. Oh, was okay. He wanted to start potentially going to coaching, but it didn't fit the mould at the time. Okay. And that's why he got released. Right. Okay. Well, thank you for that, Matthew, because, yeah, it was a very, from my point of view, it was a sort of like, uh, you know, smoke and mirrors, a very murky exit from the club. And I thought, well, what's going on there? But if that's part of the reason, then then good for him. Personal development shouldn't be hindered by anybody at at any employment. And if that was the reason why he needed to to move to another club, well, good on him. Well done. And his family stayed here the whole time. So now he's back with his family. Wow, I did not know that. that So he's been away from his family for all that time. Well, that is huge. So now he's back with his kids. Good thing. All right, brilliant. Well, uh, well yeah. and again, as I said earlier, you know, the, the, the style of play and the experience he brings to the glory is going to be very, very much welcomed. And with the new ownership, yeah. if we get that far... Um, um, I've got news on that. Go oh. for all. That's why we have you on here, Matthew. Breaking news here on the World Football Programme. <laughs> Live from our reporter, Matthew Stacey. Hit it. What have you got? Um, so I was talking to Anthony Radish last night, right. trying to trying to get more information. There's six candidates that are in the process now of getting interviewed and everything. Right. Ones who have put their bids in who are serious bidders. Yep. There's a few locals and a couple of internationals. And obviously we know potentially two of them. As far as I'm aware, Nick Tanner's got, not 100% sure, but apparently Nick Tanner's got a sort of mm-hmm. bid in. Mm-hmm. And obviously we got that other one with Stan Lazaretis and the one that was all in the media the other week. And Vinnie Greller and uh, I've forgotten the, uh, the Alex Pegler. And Stan Lazaretis. And I'd be happy with that one, personally, myself. Yeah, me, Jim and I, off air, I'm super happy if that works out because I did actually use the City Group as part of the, the model, but uh, Jim was more uh, measured by using Watford's model, where you buy a main club, you buy smaller, uh, no disrespect, smaller clubs in different uh, leagues around the world, and then you can move players backwards and forwards for their development. Uh, I hope that one comes up. I honestly do, because they are football people through and through. You've got brains there that uh, are working with a football intelligence and that would be a super fit for the glory. As I said to you, Matthew, during the week, that we could get some, you know, potential future Italian uh, first-team players, so the Italian national team players, playing here in the Perth Glory, um, and we saw them here first. That's a possibility. Yeah. But we'll but wait to see so, where it's ticked. So the process is where they're mm-hmm. now going to be getting asked questions and all that yeah. by... Everything we should have an answer by the 27th of this month. 
which is well before the season starts. And yeah, yes. three weeks. Yeah, as it needs to be. Well, the, some of those bids came in after the uh, the deadline for for bidding. So I've always been a, a, a thought of like, if you're interested and there's a deadline, put your bid in before the deadline. Don't say, yeah, I'm interested. Wait for the deadline and then go. Oh, oh by the way, I am interested. Well, we had a very open and obvious process, and you decided you'd wait until we go cap and hand well, to you, which didn't happen. So, all right, that, that's interesting. It's still still to be decided. Six, yeah. that's interesting. But, I, but I, my personal thought is it's already been decided. They're just going through the process. Ooh. Do you want to Ooh. tell us who you think's no, going no, to be? No, no. <laughs> I already said who I think. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, you can restream that later <laughs> because I'm not repeating it. But, <laughs> Matthew, but, the considering, yeah, considering we've made some good signings for the women's team yes. as well. Tia Stonehill being one of them. Yeah. So I feel that the coach, the, the, the owners are involved in some way with the signings we've got. Okay, you you don't think that's down to Alex? Uh... Oh, obviously, obviously is, but money, the money factor for the players. Okay, okay, uh, yeah, all right. I mean, again, we we've just finalised the uh, women's World Cup, and as we know, the money factor for the women's game, particularly at a um, domestic league level, for that uh, that league is not great. But I think it'd probably be more like the. Um, the security of a long-term deal. Tia Stonehill signing for the Perth Glory is a... I'm super happy about that. Mm. I'm glad she's back, fully recovered from her injury, which was bloody horrific. Uh, but to be back, hope she gets the number nine shirt. Yeah, again, as I uh, said to Jim, out the back of the car park, I, I'm putting my money on Tia Stonehill coming back with a number nine shirt on the back. <laughs> Half the people... Well, if I was in that uh, squad with Tia Stonehill and she goes, I want your shirt number. Tia, here you go. Thank you very much. <laughs> no drama there. Matthew, the AGM that's being held later on this afternoon. Yeah, is that the... In Fremantle at the Orient Hotel? Yep. But... Um, if you're wanting to come along, it starts at one o'clock. Yes. But if you come and sign up to be a shed member, that is cost twenty five dollars a year. Yes. That doesn't get you into the shed. That's just for the social group. Right. But you'll plus we'll be, and we got a new game for venue for our pre games on match days. That's going to be very beneficial. It's at the shoe bar in. Yagan Square. I know the shoe bar. They've, uh, they not, know me not, quite well. <laughs> but not only that, if you're just a shed member, Go. paid member, yeah. you'll get 20, 20% off your bill on match days. Oh, that is sensational. Yeah, so $25 membership and you get 20, 20% off every match day. Well done. The uh, the bar in question, because we don't uh, endorse uh, sponsorships or... Uh, you know, uh, uh, yeah. <laughs> there's, no, there's, no, there's no sponsorship. I'm just saying that because Penny's listening. She goes, buddy, Huey's done it again. <laughs> no, I didn't, Penny. That wasn't me. Now, that, that's a great deal. So with that new venue, will there be a um, a march from the, sh- the, the, the bar in question? I nearly mentioned there. The bar in question to the game on match days? I would imagine so. If not on the train and the march from the train station. Train from the <laughs> <laughs> Turn it up. Yeah, but some of the older guys are getting older now, so... 
Okay. March across the bridge over the freeway. Okay. Yeah, that's a good. That that would be a very very good site for those going down the freeway. What are they? I should be there. I should be in that number. That looks fun. Dad, no, that'd be better. And and plus, I can't announce it on air, but we will be announcing our tour of duty for this season. See, it's almost like we did some uh, some work before we got you on air because I was going to ask you that. What's your thought process where the tour of duty is? Because we've got a. I can't. I can't. I can't say. But go. You can't say this time, but it will be announced today, so it will be most probably on social media. Brilliant. And I can let you know after today. <laughs> Only reason why I can't say, because if anyone going on the AGM is going, listening in, I can't ruin it. <laughs> and as, a, as, as, I, as I'm a committee member, I've been sworn to secrecy. <laughs> Said like a politician. <laughs> and, and we got the Family Fun Day on the 17th in Fremantle as well. Brilliant. Uh, that's the 17th of October? October or no, September? This September, Okay. I think. Well, I can, yeah, just before the season. I well, see you in September. Well, just before we uh, let you go, Matthew, because we do have Zach Walker lined up all the way in the US of A, uh, you, just give us the what you know to be the details of that family fun day and we will have you back on this show. As you know, Matt, uh, every chance for I get. Um, what, what time would that kick off? Lunchtime, barbecue, that sort of thing? Oh, I think it's 11. I can't, it's on the Perth Glory Facebook page. Excellent. Yeah, so best people look at that, but I think it's 11 o'clock start yep. till like 2. Right. On, the es- on the Esplanade in Fremantle. Nice. Yep, yep. All right, on that one, thank you very much, Matthew. We really do appreciate the time that you give to this show. Me in particular. I, I, yeah, I, Good on you, Matt. The, the, the times we spent at that uh, fan fest for the World Cup were most enjoyable for me, and I'm sure you're going, should we just go home? <laughs> <laughs> you enjoy your AGM. Um, Make sure your vote counts, and I'm sure it will be on the committee member. And we will talk to you very, very soon and hope to see you at a glory game or at that uh, aforementioned bar uh, during the season. Matthew Stacey, thanks for having us. Uh, We will see you soon. Okay, bye. Bye for now. That was Matthew Stacey, the Perth Glory superstar, superfan, giving us all things there. A couple of... uh, Couple of big bombshells there from Matt. Oh, yeah. A couple of secret ones as well, though. And, and the name dropper from that man. I, I, yeah, just dropping names. He's great. I love Matt. Yeah, the amount of information you get from that man that is not necessarily upfront in the uh, in the news sphere, but he knows his stuff. As I say, we will have our US correspondent, Zach Walker, coming up very, very shortly, if microchip technology works. If not, Jim's going to panic. and uh, <laughs> I'm going to run. <laughs> no, I've locked the door. You're not getting out of here. <laughs> so you stick with us. You're on the World Football Programme on 107.9 FM Radio Fremantle. It has just gone a half past 10 a.m. here Saturday on the 2nd of September. Plenty more to come. Do not go anywhere. You won't want to miss how the US have reacted to the Women's World Cup. Radio Fremantle, 107.9 FM. Hey, hey, it's Futsal WA, the leading futsal organisation in Western Australia. With continually growing men's, women's and junior competitions for any ability levels all year and all around Perth, Futsal WA also provides elite development pathways and competitions for juniors, youth and seniors. The fun, fast-paced social aspect of the game could be the perfect fit for you. To enter a team or to find out more, contact us on 0432 745 140 
or simply at www.futsalwa.org.au. Gate and Fence Hardware WA, your one-stop shop for all gate and fence hardware components, wrought iron, automation and electronic gate security. We can offer great advice and solutions for your project. Trade and layman, welcome. Hardware shipped all over Australia. Contact the team on 92586822 or shop online at gateandfencehardware.com.au. Station sponsor. Oswest Fencing and Raw Tine is a fourth generation family business. Ring us about your custom gate and fence projects. We can manufacture, install or automate your gates, offer electronic security or simply just provide sound advice. Let our family look after your family. Oswest Fencing and Raw Tine. Call us on 9258-6822. Station sponsor. Radio Fremantle, 107.9 FM. And welcome back to Radio Fremantle, 107.9 FM, your world leader of world football program. And just to prove it, we have our US correspondent all the way from Denver, Colorado, Zach Walker, ex-DC United front room star, front office staff. Zach, how are you this evening? I'm doing very well, Hugh. Thanks for having me on. No, it is always my pleasure. You know that, Zach. Uh, where do do I start? Where where the Australians want us to start? Jim has a question for you right from the word go. <laughs> Come on, Jim. Yeah, nothing like. Uh, yeah, Zach, how you doing, mate? Um, we we were just talking like before the show started about the World Cup and the media coverage. Now over here, it absolutely exploded as Australia got better and better towards the end of the tournament. Mm-hmm. And I was just wondering, what was the media coverage like in America while the Americas were in the tournament, and then what happened when the USA were knocked out? Yeah, uh, thanks for the question. Thanks for having me on. Um, honestly, the media coverage uh, was 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 definitely better than it's ever been. Um, I wouldn't say it quite galvanized the community as much as the men's team did in the last World Cup. Um, but that was kind of disappointing to see, and I think that was for a couple reasons. I, I think going into the tournament, the general consensus and excitement, uh, whether from a marketing or sport or performance standpoint, was just not as high uh, on the women's team as it was on the men's. Oh. I think despite the fact that we were coming in as defending champions, yeah. there was definitely a lot of questions out there and, and not as much excitement. Um, I, I think the the... the while you know Australia and New Zealand put on an absolutely wonderful tournament, um, it, it kind of reminded me of the 2002 Men's World Cup in Asia mm-hmm. uh, with the time difference, and and that certainly was a little challenging. So um, it, it it got certainly a tremendous amount of media coverage, but not anywhere near. I think it got obviously down under with you all. So um, and then yeah, I would say the majority of the coverage from what I saw actually came after the fact with them getting knocked out. And I think uh, there was just a, a tremendous amount of um, frustration and, and people just jumping on the team and, and, and politicizing it and creating some, 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 some stories uh, to further um, take away from the fact that 
our ladies went down there and performed as best they could. But yeah, it was it was interesting this go around as opposed to previous. Uh, it's kind of a, a marker for the sport every four years uh, for our federation, and mm-hmm. then certainly just for you know kind of our uh, our country and society as a whole. So uh, it, it, it I don't I wouldn't say it was exciting uh, <laughs> as it was for you all. Um, but yeah. obviously we were we were cheering on as best we could. So. Zach, can you um, inform our listeners, because I've been, um, as you well know, <laughs> world football is part of my passion, hence the fact I'm on this show, but the fallout from that, and I, I, I use the air quotes, that disappointment of only making the quarterfinals. I mean, Canada didn't even get out of the group stage. Uh, the fallout of the US women's national team has just been... Atomic, for want of a phrase. I mean, there's been casualties left, right and centre. The coach is gone. Some senior and not-so-senior players have been told, thank you, but, uh, you know, the door's over there. Can you talk us through some of that uh, fallout, please? Yeah, I mean, it kind of almost reminds me of uh, when the men's team failed to qualify for the 2018 World Cup. Mm -hmm. It, It feels like that, which is really interesting because, you know, we still made the round of 16, right? We still... Are one of the top 16 teams in the world, but it, it it absolutely felt like in the coverage like just an utter abysmal failure. And um, I think it's not just on the team. I think it's on the fans. I think it's on the federation. Um, I, I will say that the, the business side of it, from my perspective and having that background, seemed to step up in, in a positive way like they never had. There was so much more. Uh, partnership and sponsorship and media and corporate coverage, which on one hand was great because it puts more resources financially uh, behind the team. Yeah. But you know, if they if they fail to back it up on the field, it's it's sort of meaningless. So yeah, obviously Andonovsky stepped down. Yeah. Um, you know, the team is 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 kind of at a crossroads here. Uh, in addition to the federation with 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 the falling out that's happened, you know, after all the men's debacles. So. It's really going to be interesting to see what happens over these next four years. Um, obviously, Megan Rapino has announced her retirement. Yes. She's mm. having a kind of farewell send-off here at the end Good. of the month. Um, and so I, I think I think the, the, the diehards that have been around for a long time are excited for kind of a changing of the guard uh, and ready for a, a fresh new slate. So, um, yeah, it's certainly going to be interesting to follow along to see how that project transpired. Uh, now, you mentioned Megan Rapino, and there was, and I thought quite harshly, a bit of uh, scuttlebutt when she was in that uh, penalty shootout. Uh, she took, in my opinion, a fairly decent uh, shot. It missed, and she had that just that, that giggle of frustration as she went back to, to join her teammates, and that exploded like oh who does she think she is like you know she's missed the penalty and now she's just giggling about it oh, you don't understand the the actual the the, the pressure and the and and, and the situation like you've hit it as best you can and it's missed and you go i hit that every time in training i've missed it and you just shake your head have a bit of a giggle to yourself and walk back but the press just jumped all over it i couldn't believe it what what was the reaction over there for from that just that snapshot that's of megan repainting yeah that's exactly it. It almost feels like the women's program is kind of like the, the English men's national team, right? <laughs> In that they get and from no serious, they get a tremendous amount of of scrutiny, uh, and in a lot of ways uh, unfair. Yeah, uh, some of it might be warranted, some of it might be unwarranted. You know, they they certainly had a bravado and a swagger and an arrogance to them going into this tournament. Yes, um, but you know. They had the results and the trophies to back it up. Exactly but I right. think there were a lot of people 
that had seen the success they had, um, and even domestically, for whatever reason, uh, were really excited to kind of knock them down a peg or two once they stumbled. And even even early on in the tournament when they weren't getting, you know, the opening game when they only won, a, you know, by a few goals compared to four years ago. That's right. Uh, the, the writing was already on the wall. And so, um, I you know, I don't know if, if, if that's a, a natural evolution of, of, of just a maturing, successful program that has to go through mm-hmm. these highs and these lows. Obviously, you know, we've seen it with the, the British men's team. We've seen it with Brazil, with Germany. Um, and so, you know, hopefully this will make the up-and-coming stars just a little more determined, a little grittier, a little hungrier, and the program as a whole a little, you know, potentially less complacent. But yeah. take yeah. nothing away from the opponents, you know. Um, That's right. Mm. I think it's also, it, it's just a testimony to the game and how many wonderful teams and, and, and federations and programs there are. Um, and I don't know that your average soccer fan realizes that. Yeah, and that's so that's right. where I think this has been interesting to experience this is they're seeing it through different lenses and, and, and don't necessarily always have the full picture. Yeah, in Australia we call that the tall poppy syndrome where, you know, we, we elevate <laughs> people, or, you know, whether they be sports personalities or not, to, to the pedestal and then try to cut that pedestal out from underneath them and be like, oh, who, who do you think you are now? Uh, yeah, it's, it, it's an appalling... Uh, uh, trait that some people have, and I, 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 I hate it. You know, Megan Rapinoe, uh, you know, there should be a statue. I mean, if there isn't one already, uh, yeah. she has just been an absolute superstar of the world game. Uh, you mentioned yeah. to, to anybody down the street, even this side of the world, who's Megan Rapinoe? They know who she is. It's like, you know, who's Sam Kerr? We, we know who she is. Mm. Uh, you don't get that... You know, I could go down this and ask that same person, who's Harry Kane? You know, who's Ismail Saar? I've no idea, mate. But they know those players because they are icons of our game. Zach, the MLS. Exactly. She's had such a wonderful career. Oh, yeah. Sorry. Unbelievable. Yeah, Zach, just before who wants to go on about no, no, the, the MLS? Well, I was just wondering, <laughs> obviously the next World Cup yes. men's and women mm-hmm. is in over there. Yeah. with Canada and Mexico. Has has the build-up already started for that yet, or is it still a weeny bit too early? Honestly, I think the build-up has, uh, for that, has kind of almost overshadowed and superseded uh, some of the, the current women's program, yeah. which on one hand is a bit unfortunate because, you know, that's understandable. You need plenty of time to prepare for that, but it seems like that kind of overshadowed this current cycle, and, and that's disappointing. Um you know, there's obviously the continuous battle for the women, you know, to get their equal compensation and recognition, you know, from a from a media, from a sponsorship and a financial standpoint. We're obviously seeing that with the Spanish Federation right now, which is wild. But, yeah. but that's just it. There is a tremendous amount of attention that's being given already to 2026. And, again, totally understandable, but almost wish in, in, in hindsight there would have been a little pause on that yeah. and more support directed towards the women's program. So, yeah, you're, you're spot on. Everyone is extremely excited for, uh, for 2026. And, um, and so now, you know, certainly with the, the Women's World Cup in the, in the rear view, everybody's looking forward to that. And, so. and, and just to follow that up, how many people are aware that America have actually put a bid in for the 2027 Women's World Cup? Yeah. That's a, that's a great question. I think that's actually getting lost in the shuffle a bit. Um, I think there, you know, that's being brought up amongst the uh, the more savvy soccer, you know, fans and community. But for your average sports fan, I, I'm not sure that's 
that's actually on their radar and that's making a tremendous amount of noise. I mean, you know, as you know, soccer is the fourth, fifth most popular sport in the country. We've got American football, baseball, basketball. So there's a lot of competition. The, the 2026 men's tournament is absolutely cutting through that noise, but uh, 2027 has not yet. But, you know, hopefully we'll get that awarded. And, and if and when that happens, um, I imagine that'll really start to uh, gain a tremendous amount of traction momentum. But, you know, it's such a it's such a competitive sports market landscape here that, unfortunately, uh you know, sometimes the things you want to get attention don't. So, and, and are other sports worried about the, the the success of the World Cup? I know over here when we had games going on, uh, the the AFL over here, they were showing the soccer games yeah. on their big screens, <laughs> which I think you will tell you ten years ago that wouldn't have even heard of. No. Um, American football, like the NFL, that's a winter sport that won't necessarily be affected. But like the basketball and the baseball, are they worried that? You know, attention might be directed now to the football in, in three years' time. That, that, that's a wonderful question. Um, we're, I'm not sure I would use the word worried. I mean, possibly at, at the highest levels, but I, I think what you're seeing is uh, a, 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 a diversification amongst investment uh, of the highest amount of sports owners. So, I don't know if you've seen, but J.J. Watt, who is a very famous American football oh, no, player, recently became an investor in Burnley FC. Yep. Uh, Kevin Durant, who's an NBA player, and LeBron James have invested in football clubs. Uh, Liverpool, I believe, is, is, is um, LeBron James' investment. And Kevin Durant, I can't remember if it's a domestic club, but... We've, we've got the, the San Francisco 49ers invested in Leeds United Leeds as well. United. Tom Brady at Birmingham. Tom Brady exactly, at Birmingham. Yeah. Oh, I didn't even hear about Tom Brady. That's news to me. <laughs> but you know more than I do. Uh, yeah, uh, Tom, Tom Brady's got a small... Yeah, Tom Brady's got a small stake in Birmingham City, and he was over He was over there. I think he was in their local pub at their last home game talking to the supporters uh, and things like that. So, you know, he's, he's... I don't know how hands-on he'll be in the long run, but it's short-term he's certainly making a... He's made a, an impression with the Birmingham City supporters, and Hugh is absolutely... You know, panicking over that. You know, being a West Brom supporter, and no, 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 don't panic about that. There's only one team in the Birmingham area, and uh, it's not Birmingham, it's not Villa, it's not Wolves, it's not, Walsall. Uh, it's not even Walsall. No. Well, so, Could it, it Mr. Harriers? You know, maybe. There's, there's a perfect example. You know, I consider myself a very knowledgeable sports fan, soccer fan. Sorry, but there is so much news coming out left and right. It's hard to keep up with it. So, you know, there's definitely a lot more investment and attention. And on one hand, I think that gets everybody excited and you're starting to see a little bit of cross-pollination. But, yeah, if I were the executives at, you know, American Football, National Football League, NBA, Major League Baseball, perhaps that is a little worrisome mm. because here are their, their shining, you know, um, employees, their athletes, and they're taking their money and they're not necessarily reinvesting it in their own game mm. league. They're investing it in a different sport or abroad. I mean, obviously they're investing – in other ways, but it's a really interesting time and it's definitely catching on. And so um, it's exciting to see. And there's so much news coming out left and right every day. It's very difficult to keep up with. Just a couple of months ago, some sad news. And and this is coming from my club. I I support Millwall and uh, we had an American owner, John Berylson, who sadly passed away uh, on uh, uh, July the 4th in a car accident. And I've never known so much love from other clubs about a chairman yeah. Uh, passing away and you know we've had sad times fortunately his son James has taken over our reign and 
hopefully continue the good work good. That, that John Berylson's done. But yeah, for you know, normally certainly overseas chairman uh, are not known to be the greatest. But yeah, yeah. yeah John Berylson had so much love and respect through other clubs as well that. It was just a, such a sad, sad occasion on on that day of, of losing a, a chairman of a club who actually cared for a club. Mm. Well, and that's that's a great yeah that's a, that's a very sad news and that's a great story that unfortunately I don't think gets a lot of media coverage over here uh, or even globally. You know what gets maybe more coverage are the Glazer family, yeah. understandably so because it's Man U and it's a completely different level. Um, but them and the way that they've managed or not managed. Their tenureship as stewards oh, of yeah. United or even Stan Kroenke. Kroenke, yeah. Um, it's, it, there's, there's different levels to, to, to the sport we love, obviously, in the game, both from a sporting but from a business side. Um, and so, you know, it's it, I, 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 the one thing, though, that has really broken through the noise more than most, I don't know if you guys have been made aware of this, but is this new show uh, that has been broadcast here, and I believe internationally, called Welcome to Wrexham. With yes. Ryan Reynolds, the famous uh, yes. Canadian movie star, and Rob McElhenney, who's a Philadelphia right. local um, actor. That show has gained, in addition, obviously, Ted Lasso, so <laughs> much popularity and, and has galvanized your just average comedy fan, or not even sports fan, but um, it, it's really uh, started to, to break through from a cultural level to resonate with people. And so seeing the explosion of Wrexham, and how much I hear from, from people about this, that's been really interesting. So, uh, you know, there's so many stories out there, and it's, it's interesting to see which ones, uh, you know, break through the noise and, 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 and excite kind of your average, uh, your average fan. But, yeah, very, very sad about, uh, about Millwall, but, but obviously as an American, glad to hear that he was, you know, well-received and well-respected because that's certainly what we want when it comes to, uh, to us uh, acting as stewards. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, for clubs, clubs abroad. So. Now, MLS. I've often banged, yes. the, I've banged the drum over here that uh, the A-League should be using the MLS as a template for how we need to get this game in this country and New Zealand to where it should be. And to have three players, I mean, of course one of them being Lionel Messi, three players being selected in the full Argentinian men's team from MLS teams is just huge. It's like... I can't remember the last time a player in the A-League has been selected for a national men's team apart from Australia or New Zealand. So to have three players in, in the current World Championship side, World, World Cup winners side, that base themselves in the MLS must be a huge endorsement for that competition. Yeah, I mean, that's definitely... Uh the focus I know that uh, Commissioner Don Garber has stated repeatedly is, you know, the desire to not be a a retirement league, but to to attract a lot of those, um, a lot of those young talented players. And so I think, you know, there were rumors about, um, uh, about some of these players being sold. um, But, 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 but like, you know, Tiago Almada, but as Mm -hmm. I understand it, um, the owners of Atlanta United were, very, very resistant to even anything under $40 million for a transfer. As it should be. So, mm-hmm. um, yeah. Was and that 40 million US, Zach? Or in. was that 40 million euros? Because we always get a bit confused sometimes. You know, that 40 million, you go, wow, that's a lot of money. And it is a lot of money. But when you put the currency in front of it, then you go, crikey, that's more than a lot of money. That's a lot of money 
times three. Was that US forty million? Uh, I believe it was roughly around uh, around the US. But you know, yep. you know who's become extremely popular over here? It's Fabrizio Romano, uh, <laughs> who I'm sure you've heard of. He's he's a he's a, 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 a transfer fee a journalist that has gained tremendous popularity in social media. So. I believe the majority of what he reports is, is in euros or in pounds. So I, 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 I could be butchering that a bit because um, it's interesting, you know, continuously getting fed media from multiple different languages and currency values. So sometimes those do get a bit conflated. And I'm not a journalist by nature. But, um, but yeah, as I understand it, you know, there was a lot of interest in Almada. Um, obviously, Alan Velasco is having a tremendous um, career at FC Dallas. And, and with Messi coming over here, it's just, starting to shine a light and magnify on a lot of the, the talent, not just Argentinian, but that exists from uh, quite a few other nationalities. So, yeah. um, you know, there is, leading up to, to 2026 and beyond, there is continued focus and investment to attract a lot of, of younger up-and-coming players and, and make this more a league of destination rather than retirement. So, uh, you know, it'll be interesting to see if that happens. Obviously, you know, seeing Messi and Busquets and, and them come over here at, at, at a latter age and have such success, you know, on one hand is a good thing. On the other hand, might not be a good thing because <laughs> it's, it's showing that, you know, maybe you can be a little older and have success. So, um, but man, it's, it's been a wild summer with the League's Cup and now with the league getting, getting back going. Um, but, but one other thing I would say going back to the Women's World Cup is, you know, the League's Cup and Messi's arrival coincided with that. That's Messi's indeed, debut, yeah. yeah was the same night as the, the, the U.S. women's uh, opener uh, against Vietnam, right? And yeah. so that right there just tells you, when you talk about what the attention was, it, it was torn. It was split. <laughs> um, <laughs> half, half, I mean, we literally, my, my children, our family, we had two TVs on. <laughs> debut, and we were watching the women's game. And so, you know, uh, on one hand, that was exciting. But on the other hand, it was very frustrating trying to watch two games at once. And, uh, you know, you, you wish the MLS maybe would have uh, uh, taken a bit of a break yeah, and supported yeah. the women a little more. But, you know, they're a business uh, at the end of the day. And so I understand they needed to do what they needed to with Messi. But, yeah, uh, MLS is definitely getting exciting and, and heating up as here we get to the tail end of the season. And so... Uh, excited to see what uh, Messi and Miami can do um, in the league and if they can make the playoffs. Are the MLS scared at the Saudi Premier League because yeah. it's, it sounds you know, the Saudis are obviously trying to take all the best players from Europe and play over there, but, but the MLS are trying to attract the better players. And are they? Is there any concern that Saudi are going to be taking some of the players that the MLS were hoping to target and, and bring over there? I don't think just the MLS are afraid. I think yeah, yeah. every single league in the world is afraid. Oh. I mean, when you're seeing Ruben Neves and Mane and, you know, seeing Liverpool's rejection for Salah today of 100 million pounds is really, really interesting because that's a tremendous amount of money. And, frankly, I'm kind of surprised that Liverpool... Yeah, so am I. It's actually 150, but, uh, 150 million pounds this bid went up to yeah. Salah. Yeah, Oof. so, you know... I don't want to speak on behalf of MLS, but, um, you know, they're, they're an outlier looking in. And so to some extent, um, you could argue maybe seeing Saudi disrupt the quote unquote establishment. Yep. That, that, that might be a good thing. That might help MLS because yeah. it might show other players that, 
there there can be wonderful careers yeah. in the yeah, I mean, in we, saw, we saw that with the Chinese Western Super League. Europe, uh, so. You know, I, I can't... Yeah, I yeah. Mean, it, it, It's not self-sustaining. I mean, I know they've got bucket loads of money. I, I know that. But sooner or later... People yeah. get sick of their toy and they want a new toy, so they'll just stop putting money in. I'm not, I'm not fussed about that. But, but can I, can I talk about closer to home for you? Uh, the Rapids go down three nil. I mean, come on, against Minnesota for. I mean, what's going on there, mate? Well, so that one hurt a little. A, a oh, a little. little. <laughs> and all of my brothers are season ticket holders and family live in Minnesota. Yeah, I know. So, you told me. Uh, I, I might. I might have lost a, a wager or two on that. <laughs> my, my, my son and I, who are you know diehard Rapids fans, yeah. season ticket holders, we're, we're going to have to hear from my brothers and his uncles now, uh, and we have uh, about this. So yeah, the, the Rapids organization, you know, they made a couple moves in the in the transfer window, bringing a Brazilian from Palmeiras and a Portuguese player from Porto, uh, but uh, it's. I don't know. There's there's some major changes that need to happen at that organization, and I I hesitate to speak too freely since I do live here and used to work for them. But uh, the, the 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 supporters groups um, are getting extremely extremely frustrated with it because uh, you know they had a good they had a good performance a couple of years ago, but it, it's really been kind of an abysmal last decade supporting that club. So, but. Such is the life as a, as, a, as a football fan. You know, you, you lose a lot more than you win, right? Yep. <laughs> and uh, for those that may or may not know, Timu Puki, uh, ex-Norwich, is, is now signed for the uh, for Minnesota. So, you know, like you say, it's, it's not a retirement home for, for players anymore. The, these are players that are still in their prime and um, are helping promote the MLS. Um now, can, can you explain to our listeners before we let you go, Zach, and you've been very, very generous with your time, and I really do appreciate that, how the, the conference system works. Like, you had a full-match day on Thursday, and now there's a full-match day on Sunday? Is that right? Yeah, so typ- typically it's a Wednesday-Saturday schedule with right. the, the odd, um, you know, Sunday game. They obviously okay. took a month yeah. off for the League Cup. But we, we do have uh, what's called conferences. Yes. So an Eastern Conference and a Western Conference. Mm-hmm. And really, you know, this country's so massive, much like yours, that the, the reason for doing that is, First of all, it, it's quite common uh, in the other American sports, basketball, um, so, sort of sort of with baseball, more in a divisional standpoint, and the same with American football. They have conferences, but they also have divisions. And it, it really is a, is, a, is a practical move to do that so that it limits the amount of travel that teams have to make because uh, it's obviously a tremendous right. amount of financial resource and physical toll on them to have to travel you know, a five-hour flight from Vancouver to Southern Florida. Oh, yeah. Um, so, so you know, they, they do have the conferences. We unfortunately don't have a single table. I, I mean, we do for the purposes of a supporter shield, but for the purposes of the playoffs, um, which obviously is different, you know, they, they, they use the conference standings for that. Mm. So uh, out here in Colorado, we're in the Western Conference, so as you can imagine, the Western half of the country, and then the Eastern Conference. So, um, you know, if you look at the supporters shield which is basically you know the, the whole league table mm-hmm. um uh, the the east is is faring a little better this season cincinnati is the first team to uh, clinch a playoff wow. first. they just did that with their results over the weekend um and they're 10 points clear of the second team i mean in, since, the, in all of the league east or west conference in st louis so, since they were a basket um, case uh, yeah. a couple of seasons ago well, i mean what's happened there well, you know, there's a lot of new stadium development happening. Right. There's a brand new soccer-specific stadium in Cincinnati. There's a brand new one in Columbus. 
obviously St. Louis. And so that infrastructure is galvanizing those clubs and those communities unlike anything wow. you know I've seen. Um, you know, so we, we mentioned Minnesota. My son and I drove back to Minnesota this summer, and we stopped in Kansas City and saw them play Chivas Guadalajara in a Super League game. And then wow. in Minnesota, we saw them play Toluca. Yeah. And both of those stadiums are relatively new compared to the Rapid Stadium. And just the experience um, from, from a fan perspective is night and day. And the facilities that they're building, just, you know, Americans, we like shiny new things, right? <laughs> yeah. And when you get a shiny new stadium, it really excites the fans, it excites the investors, the players, and so it's not a surprise that you know you're seeing some of these uh, franchises with with new shiny toys, i.e., stadiums, have the most success. Okay. So that seems to be the model uh, moving forward that is is having the most success. And in addition to that, they're building tremendous new training facilities. Yep. Yep. You know that are on par uh, with a lot of the best in Europe, and and a lot of people don't don't know that. So um, the investment. Uh, just continues to come hot and heavy in this league. So. And do you, you think that's down to the franchise model that is the MLS, that the owners, uh, unlike, say, the English league, where you can buy a club, or the A-League, for example, where you buy a club, you're actually just buying the badge and, and the use of the players. You're not buying any of the infrastructure, whereas the franchise system in the US, whether that be you know, whichever sport we want, we're talking about uh, the MLS, so uh, we're talking about football, soccer in particular, that it's in the owner's best interest to build and expand and develop that, that infrastructure so that the success on the field is obvious because you've put the money behind behind the, 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 the product that's on display. You know, it's interesting. I, I think yes and no. I mean, I think there's different chapters when you look at okay. the history of MLS. Yep. And there's different kind of eras. There's obviously the pre-Beckham and the post-Beckham, yes. and now we have the pre-Messi and the post-Messi. Um, you know, so had you asked me before Messi came, I would say um, sort of uh, in terms of, the, the, you know, did you need to build a brand-new stadium? Um, no, but um, it depended if you were a new franchise or an existing one. Right. You know, the, the league and the commissioner and the owners group have gotten stricter in that they obviously have higher franchise fees to come in. Mm-hmm. Um, so there's 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 definitely more of a necessity for those owners to start to recoup that investment sooner. Um, and one way to do that is to put butts in the seats, right? Yes. And you're going to put butts in the seats when you've got a better-looking uh, stadium and a better product, of course, and a better uh, centrally located stadium. So I think the league is ab- absolutely demanding that the stadiums be built in kind of an urban center, publicly transit accessible part of the city, which was definitely not the, the model, I would say, before Beckham. Okay. Um, so uh, before Beckham, they were just happy to have a soccer-specific stadium, meaning a stadium that was just for soccer yeah. and not having mm. to be played on, an, on a National Football League with football lines. Now that we're you know in this new messy area, you can throw everything out the window. Um, you know, I just saw Messi has generated $265 million in ticket sales since joining MLS. Apple's streaming platform has gained 300,000 new oh. subscribers, equating to a gain of $30 million. <laughs> So, you know, I think um, 
I don't know if you've seen, they just broke ground on their new stadium and what they're going to be building. No. You know, I think now just to be relevant and, yeah, it, you have to have a, a world-class stadium because, honestly, there's kids here in Denver are, are cheering for Messi more than they're cheering for the local <laughs> team. So, wow. Um, I mean, you know, so forget competing with other sports. How do you compete now just with a team from 3,000 miles away? So it, it's really changing the playbook, you know, obviously for the better. But, um, yeah, who knows? I mean, obviously we've got in 2024 uh, Copa America's coming here yes, now. Yeah, yeah. The FIFA World Club Cup is coming here with a 32-team format for the first time. Yep. In 2026, the World Cup, possibly the women's in 27. Yep. So. You know, as I say this out loud, I'm scratching my head. I can't even imagine <laughs> what conversation we're going to be having in four, five years' time of what it's going to look like. Because it's, it's, you know, it's really exciting. But it's, it's almost like a completely different world we're living in from, from 5, 10, 15, certainly 20 years ago. Well, that is sensational. Zach, you have been super generous with your time. I know it's uh, evening time over there in Denver. What's the weather like, mate? Is it... Yeah, you know, we've, we're just coming into spring now. What's the weather in Denver? Uh, it's hot. hot. Um, I, I'm not sure the the, the conversion to Celsius, Go but uh, it's uh, about 90, 95 degrees Fahrenheit. Oh, wow. Yeah, yeah, that, that's um, just a high 30s. Autumn, 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 autumn is coming in a couple of weeks. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yep, yep. Uh, my, my son has a, a soccer tournament this weekend, so it's going to be nice and toasty on the fields, but um, we're looking forward to cooler temperatures and and looking forward to uh, some colder weather. I was going to say, before we let you go, uh, you you guys are ready for the opposite. (laughs) Your daughter got new cleats uh, last time we spoke to her. Has she got those going? All right? (laughs) She she had had written off soccer uh, about four or five months ago after playing for six years. No! But she just the other day, and I I think this is partly due to the Women's World Cup. Good. She wants to get going and get playing again. And so, you know, to me, that's the most exciting part of of the Women's World Cup is it's Brilliant. inspiring future young guys and gals to play, and, and it's certainly, you know, hitting my house directly. So. Sensational. Zach Walker, you are a superstar. I know that. Uh, you know, one day we'll get to flick on a, on a table and uh, you can actually give me a, a whole new one. Thank you very much for joining us here on the World Football Programme. I know Jim enjoys the chat. Yeah. We had a, 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 a text in from the boss, Penny and she went. This guy's great. I went. I know, right? Like you know, you're not telling me what I already know. And you are always well received by our uh, listeners out there in Radio Land. Thank you very much for joining us, Zach. You stay safe over there, and we will talk to you again very soon if you're happy to do so. Anytime, mate. Appreciate it. Good have, on a, you. have a great day. Cheers, you Zach. bet I will. Thank you very much. That was Zach Walker. The superstar U.S. correspondent, my new U.S. correspondent. I've known Zach for a long time. He is a high-class man and a high-class Subudio player, and I look forward to getting over to the U.S. Might go over there for the Copa America. I knew the the World Cup was there, but, yeah, the the U.S. have put in that bid for the 2027 Mm. uh, Women's World Cup. There's a couple of others there, but you would think... As Zach has indicated, that a lot of new stadiums have been built, and I think that is with the Men's World Cup in mind, but those stadiums would be cherry ripe for a Women's World Cup. It, it, it has all the hallmarks, particularly with, and let me just say, and I should have said this at the start of the, the, the show, all the 
thoughts and opinions expressed on this particular show are the sole thoughts and expressions of the author and do not necessarily represent the studio, uh, studio Radio Fremantle, its listeners, its board or its members. They are the sole thoughts and processes of the author, so take that in mind. But it looks like that uh, Gianni Infantani just needs to go tick, rubber stamp, you've got another one. So that'd be four major world tournaments in that country. Obviously, with the World Cup, it's got Canada and Mexico involved in there, but the US is the hub of world football. And I'll be there for one of them. Which one? Okay. The World Cup. The World Cup. 26 yeah, yeah. World Cup. Yeah, we're going, we're going to that. We've already started planning that, so uh, that's all good. But just looking at the, the the bids for the 27 Women's World Cup there, we've got Brazil have also put a bid in. That's right, they did. And, yeah. and, and, and I uh, have the thought process, and I know the US, they've got squillions and they've got the infrastructure there, but... The Women's World Cup, as far as I can remember, has not been held in South America America. before. Mm. And Brazil, the, you know, the home of Jogo Benito, have gone, hang on a minute, we've got everything here, let's have it. And I'm pretty sure... You know, now that the US have put their bid in, they'd be panicking a bit. Yeah, yeah. South Africa put bid in. Yes, they did. And then there's a joint bid with Belgium, Holland, Holland and, and Germany. That's right. So. And I, th- I saw that one, and I'm thinking, FIFA, even though the next World Cup is a joint, I think they're bid, trying to, they're trying, trying to eliminate, to eliminate that. those again. The the uh, World Cup we just had was very much sought after because it was the two confederations. Yes. Uh, whereas the bid you just mentioned there, that's just UEFA. That's it, yeah. And as I said at the start of the show, they've boxes, got a bit of power. Mm. Uh, the joint bid of Canada, Mexico and the US, that's all through CONCACAF, so it's just the one confederation. Mm. Um, our bid, which should have been, and I said at the time, should have been the bid when we wanted the 2018-2022. Uh, it should have been New Zealand and Australia, two confederations. Mm. You get double the, the, the voting power, you get double the, you only need... Three more votes, and you, 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 you've got the tick. Yeah. But we went alone, and we got absolutely messed no, over no by, by the Qatari, the then Qatari president of the AFC, who went, well, I'll be supporting a bid, and it's not you, Australia. Thank you very much. But never mind, that's a uh, story for another day. Now, coming up after the break, we will have what I call panic time, because we will try to get the head scout, head of scouting for the Cook Islands, Football Association, Mr. Rusker, who is all the way over in the UK. It is silly o'clock over there. I'm having a bit of trouble uh, getting in touch with him, but we'll get him on the landline and we'll see how we go. I've got a backup phone number of uh, the uh, deputy head of scouting who is in Auckland, who may be a better fit, but we'll find that out and you'll hear panic in my voice if it hasn't worked (laughs) stick with us you're on the world football program with jim and hugh there is plenty more to come it has just gone a quarter past 11 so we are in the last hour Haley roach the lost lioness will be talking to us maybe very shortly or in the last half hour with a efl championship heavy chat stick with us radio Fremantle, 107.9 fm Hey, hey, it's Futsal WA, the leading futsal organisation in Western Australia. With continually growing men's, women's and junior competitions for any ability levels all year and all around Perth, Futsal WA also provides elite development pathways and competitions for juniors, youth and seniors. The fun, fast-paced social aspect of the game could be the perfect fit for you. To enter a team or to find out more, contact us on 0432 745 140 or simply at www futsalwa.org.au 
Gate and Fence Hardware WA, your one-stop shop for all gate and fence hardware components, wrought iron, automation and electronic gate security. We can offer great advice and solutions for your project. Trade and layman, welcome. Hardware shipped all over Australia. Contact the team on 92586822 or shop online at gateandfencehardware.com.au Station sponsor. Oswest Fencing and Wrought Iron is a fourth generation family business. Ring us about your custom gate and fence projects. We can manufacture, install or automate your gates, offer electronic security or simply just provide sound advice. Let our family look after your family. Oswest Fencing and Wrought Iron. Call us on 9258-6822. Station sponsor. Absolutely hardcore with the move on up. That was Daryl Hall's version from the Gloryland 1994 World Cup edition CD. Oh. You know I'm bringing in music because I tend to panic when things go... Can't beat a bit of Northern Soul. Can't beat a bit of Northern Soul. You bet. Is it Northern Soul? You bet it is. <laughs> and joining us all the way over in the UK is Russ Gurr, the head of scouting for the Cook Islands Football Association. Good morning, Russ. How are you today? Yeah, I'm good. Morning, Jim. Morning, Keith. Um, yeah, very early over here. But, it, it, um, it is. I, I, did, uh, <laughs> yeah. I did send that email. I thought Alistair, the, uh, your, um, is he deputy or is he the same role as you, head of scouting in New Zealand? I thought he would be the better option because he'd be at least on the same sun line as us, but uh, it's great there. Before we start, Russ, give us the Russ Gurr football story, starting with where you started. Who do you support? Who do you support? Because, you know, we, we'll see whether the friendship continues or it might just stop dead right there. Oh, God. <laughs> Go on. Yeah, so, um, yeah, so, uh, God, where did I start? Yeah, I um, 
I live in Edinburgh, Scotland. Um, I'm originally from Reading in yep. England, and that's that's who I support. Fantastic. Um, <laughs> Fantastic. We've got an EFL chat coming up soon, so stay tuned for that one. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, but I, I think we leave the, the discussion of Reading to, <laughs> for another day. Oh, they've been... Um, yeah, yeah. Well, I don't talk about Reading after their uh, Carabao Cup victory over us. <laughs> <laughs> You're amongst friends now, Ross. Go for it. <laughs> yeah. Um, God, yeah, I don't want to get sidetracked by Reading. I'll be here all day. Um, so, yes, always been involved in football and scouting um, over the years. Still um, scout for a team in the Scottish Premier League as well. Name them. Um, Who's that team? Uh, Ross County, I think. Love Ross County. Yeah, we, we yeah. know them. Um, yeah, and, um, yeah, and I guess... Um, Oh, a couple of years ago now, um, myself and Alistair um, started a consultancy called the International Football Consultancy, mm-hmm. and that was off the back of our work we did uh, with the Samoan Football Federation. Right. Um, so we had kind of like massive success there. Um, we did a similar thing that we're now doing for the Cook Islands. We uh, were kind of scouring the world um, looking for uh, eligible players to complement the talent that was already uh, in Samoa, mm-hmm. so we had a, a yeah a lot of success there. Results kind of were um, were like record breaking, and then uh, we had a discussion with Cook Islands. Uh, we're quite excited by that project, um, and that's where we are today, essentially. Uh, so now working with uh, we're still working with Samoa, um, and now we've partnered with uh, the Cook Islands Football Association to um, this exciting project. So a very whistle stop tour. Um, <sighs> but yeah, that's me. Okay, so uh, let's go in depth with the, with the Cook Islands. Um, oh, oh, don't, don't, mm-hmm. you, you've thrown a spanner there. Is there not a conflict of interest if you are scouting for Samoa and the Cook Islands? Yeah, uh, you could say that, but like oh, okay. if, if you look at the <laughs> if, 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 if you look at the bigger picture, though, it's all about um, supporting growth and football within uh, within that region. Yeah. Um, so it's not it's not really like Alistair and I don't really see it as like um, good competitors it's almost just like working within the region to, to support football um which is quite um which is kind of why we do it in a way really yeah and i'm sure the uh oceania confederation would be uh, super happy to have that happen as well particularly with your contacts that you've just mentioned there i mean um ross county I mean, you know obviously you won't get anyone from reading going anywhere no i, I mean <laughs> you say that you say that, but but not yet. Not um, yet. I mean, we have we, we have over our time. You would be really surprised where we find players. Um, we find we tend quite often find players all over the world. Some of the best leagues. Um, Alistair and I now have built up like a quite a good network. Uh, so if we if a player becomes aware, we usually we can usually we usually know someone who knows someone within that club who right. we can get to speak to the player so yeah we found players in the mls um over our our time uh, not with the cook islands of samoa but Mm -hmm. we found um yeah players in uh premier league academies and stuff like that so um yeah we're only we're only um two months into our project with the cook islands at the moment but so far i think we found around 30 players already uh yeah, yeah, it's um, we've had a really good response actually. So yeah, we found players in Australia, New Zealand, and even in Germany so far, and that's just within two months. And, and I'm guessing with with in England, with the massive football pyramid that there is over there, there's players playing at step six, step seven that you know you've not yeah, found yet yeah. that 
that are available. And you've only got to look at the international fixtures and some of the, let's say, the more smaller countries and some of the... San Marino. Well, <laughs> even less than that, but some of the, some of the non-league games that are being called off because of international... <laughs> call-ups. Uh, Montserrat in the in the yeah. Caribbean. You know, there's three guys playing for one team. The game gets called I'm off. I'm sorry, my striker's off to Gibraltar play internationally. Yeah. You won. <laughs> so so, so yeah. the, the pyramid over in England is is, is a wealth of yeah. of talent and diversity, I suppose, in, in finding these players. Yeah, exactly. And it's not it's not just England. I would say that's the same, um, the same around the world. Mm. Like, you, you find it in America, because um, we... we um, we look after all age groups, um, both male and female as well. So you'd be surprised where you find players from. We, like we have found players in, in England, but there's also um, all the various steps in like Germany, Spain. You have academies. You have we found players in like um, in, like the UAE, for example, wow. as well. Um, yeah. So in like in academies that are based um, in Asia. Um, yeah, in in universities that are coming through, that are focusing course, on their yes. education, yeah, but yeah. they have long term ambitions to be um, like uh, have a football career after. So right. yeah, it's really diverse where you find players. Um, England is and the pyramid system over here is just a very yeah. um, a very small portion of what mm, we have okay. available. And and the benefit is um, with Alistair based in New Zealand yep. and myself based here in the UK, we have twenty four hour coverage of the world. Of course, you do. Mm. Yes. Us. So we, you know, one of us is always around to, to jump on a call. Uh, I mean, usually Alistair would take this kind of time. Um, <laughs> well, I, I did, yeah, I did say that. I, you know, Alistair being in New Zealand might be a lot more happier. But uh, you know, no, Russ gets up early. Well, let's see how early Russ wants to get up. <laughs> no, no. Or has Russ gone to bed yet? Yeah, yeah. I did. I think he did reference me as a morning person. I think I'm <laughs> he more did, of a. Yeah. Uh, yeah, a, a large coffee person. I think <laughs> is what he meant. <laughs> so, to just have interest because we we saw the posting on our uh, yes. on our local social media pages, yeah. uh, looking for yeah. players for the Cook Islands. And and, and have you? Has there been any response so far from from people in in Australia? You know, more specifically, where we found it in West Australia just yet, or are we still looking? Are we still putting out that call? Yeah, we're always looking. We're always putting out that call. Um, in in um, reality, what we do kind of kind of uh, evolves over time. Um, so what what you saw there was just me putting feelers out into mm. various kind of um, uh, like groups and communities um, to see if there was any um, anyone who could get in touch to help. Really, yeah. Um, and obviously, me being on here is a massive help as well in getting the word out there. Mm. But we we've had a we've had an absolutely like fantastic response. Um, and yeah, it, it, we've had we've had parents of players as young as kind of six and seven want to register their players mm. with the federation. To, to obviously, there's 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 perhaps not much for them right now, but they want to be kept informed of the program going forward. Of course. Um, so, which is which that with that is absolutely like fantastic for us because what what Alistair and I um, and and indeed like the Cook Islands Football Association. Um, constitute a success is just um, continuing that like flow of um, talent for them. Yeah. So, you know, once an age group moves up, we're already already aware aware of that um, age group coming through over time, and that's how we want to operate in a in a very sustainable manner. Right. Um, so, sorry, mate. Continue. Go on. 
Oh, no, I was no, say, there, there might be parents out there who are, who are listening right now and going, well, I'm interested. And yeah. What eligibility criteria would they be uh, needing to become, well, yeah. not, not just the Cook Islands, but also Samoa? We, we have a, a fair Samoan community here in Australia. Yeah. What eligibility yeah, would so they need? There's a number of different mm-hmm. um, bits and pieces that FIFA stipulate, but the main one, and I say where kind of 90, 95% of our players come through, is that the player um, or the player's parents or grandparents need to be born in that particular nation. Right. So with the Cook Islands, it, we're finding um, most of those 30 players we've found so far, either their parents or one of their uh, grandparents were born in the Cook Islands. Um, that's what, um, yeah, that, that's, the, that's the criteria FIFA stipulates. Yeah, well, and, yeah. And, and what happens, and, and so the process, let's just let's do a little bit of role play now. Go. I'm a 25-year-old I'm sure, sure. central midfielder that was born in yeah. the Cook Islands but's playing the equivalent of, let's call it pub football here. And I see yeah. this message, oh, let's email, see what happens. What's the process once, someone, once you receive that email? Yeah, I mean, we would probably, um, we would probably... I would say of the players we're getting through, um, they're of a, a, a decent quality. standard. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, although, like, even if you were playing at that level, we'd probably still want to add you to our database, mm. um, just keep you up to date, because you'd probably still be a... Well, you would be a, a valuable contact within that community. You may know someone, no, a family okay. member, mm-hmm. who's um, perhaps playing at a higher level. But some we are, we're, we're finding, like... Um, yeah, we're finding players that, like as we found in good clubs. So what we would do, if you emailed, the, the email address for our scouting inbox is scouting at cookislandsfootball.com. Yep. Um, so that would be the mailbox. Um, it would come through there. Um, we would then um, ask for some additional contact information. We've got a form we'd ask you to fill out. Um, we would then add you to our database. Um, and then after that, we would ask for some footage mm-hmm. uh, of you playing. Um and we provide that footage to the coaches as and when selection comes around as part of the selection process. Uh, and then should you be selected, we've also got um, like processes we've built um, where we can ensure you get the right paperwork and passports and whatnot um, to make sure you tick all the eligibility boxes and everything like that. So um, it's quite a simple process, but at the same time, it's um, Alistair and I have, have um, been doing this for a while, so we've, we've put quite some robust um, processes in place to make sure we tick all the kind of mm. regulatory boxes as well as we're ensuring we're providing the coaching uh, team with the, the best quality um, yeah. mm. players that we can which which um, we obviously don't want to take away from the talent that's already on the island so yeah. that complements what, what's already there and supplements um, what we already have. Yep, and can you give us a, a brief uh, heads up of the football scene on the Cook Islands, please, Russ? Yeah, sure. Um, like I said, I'm only two months in, sure. so I don't have um, tons of uh, detailed information. But um, no, okay. it, it's part of a, it's, it's part of a 360 thing, really. So, like, I'm obviously on here talking about um, the scouting and recruitment mm-hmm. side of things, but there's a lot going on the island as well. Um, there's a new ca- uh, new academy director called Jess Ibram, right. um, who's um, who, yeah, who's, who's I think he's worked over with different international um, federations for over 20 years now. 
Um, he's working on building programs on the island. Um, I think there's a new academy program um, going on, um, which is really good to see. So you would, you'd hope to see, like, with additional quality, Alistair and I are, are bringing in, you'd see the quality on the islands improving with those academy programs uh, now going live as well. Right. Um, and then the in terms of national teams, there's um, there's the under-17s, the under-20s, and then the senior, in, um, both male and female. So that's kind of the pathway, and that's that's probably as much information as I've got at the moment, but there is there is that happening uh, on the Cook Islands in in addition to what we're doing. So it's kind of a 360 push um, from the Cook Islands, um, which we're really excited to be a part of, and you can kind of see the level of ambition they have there. Yep, yep. Now, um, is Alan Taylor still the coach? Um of the Cook oh, Islands? I'm not sure. No. Okay, that's okay. I'm not. I'm not sure. I haven't. Um, Alistair has been providing all the coaching staff of the players. I've been. Um, I've been doing the uh, the outreach, which is why. Uh, yeah, which is why I think I'm on. Why Alistair no, was no, keen no. to have me on here? No, that's okay. Uh, it wouldn't be a, a world football program uh, show without me throwing somebody under the bus. And unfortunately, yeah, was, no. <laughs> you were it just then. Sorry about that, mate. <laughs> no, it's all good. So, so, Ross, where's, um, you know, after you've done this work with the Cook Islands, is where's next? Mm-hmm. Where, yeah. Have you got, like, a, 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 the next projects that you're, you're going to be working on? Yeah, sure. I, I, I can't um, necessarily uh, potentially give too much away, but um, <laughs> we, we um, yeah, we are, we are keen to work with other, um, with other federations around the world, as uh, like, with one with um, organisations where we feel that could add, add value. Sure. There's obviously very like a lot of parallels with um, a lot of parallels with, with the countries we've worked with with a lot of other federations. Um, and we like you said before, we've we've actually had a um, some good support from the Oceania Football um, Confederation, which um, I think they they released a, a press release um, a couple of days ago announcing our partnership with the Cook Islands. So. We'd, we'd be really keen to work with other federations around the world. Mm-hmm. We are kind of in discussions with one or two, um, but nothing I can um, perhaps like announce on your show this morning, I'm afraid, <laughs> no, no, and I apologise okay. for it. No, 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 no. <laughs> we always try to sneak in a, uh, you know, can we get a scoop? Yeah, yeah. And often... Yeah, that maybe you can straight, have me back on. Yeah, straight, yeah. straight back, right back down to the bowler. Thank you very much. No, thank you. <laughs> That's OK. <laughs> so so I'm, just, I'm just looking at the uh, I'm just looking at the FIFA World Rankings for the men's yep. and the Cook Islands. 166? Sure. One, 188. 188. The Cook Islands. 188, is, yeah. Is, is the goal to overtake Fiji at 169? Is, you know, is, there, uh, is that the plan, or is the plan even higher? Or be higher than that, surely? Or, or what, what's what's yeah. the long term goal for the Cook Islands? Do you think to, to you know to, to be competitive? I suppose and have some. Yeah, some... sure. It's um, yeah, it's an interesting question. So you have the men at one eight eight. You have the women at one oh nine in the in the yep. in the rankings. Mm. Um, so yes, the that that is a that is a goal, obviously, to improve those those rankings. But as I said. From before, from a scouting and recruitment point of view, I would say our our remit isn't motivated by that as a no. goal. Uh, that for sure, success from from our point of view is increasing that talent pool and making sure it's it's sustainable. So we're not here. It's not been two months. We found loads of players, and that's it. We want to build 
um, you know, set the wheels in motion here. Yeah, exactly. Players coming through. Yeah, get the database. All the coaching staff. Yeah. Exactly. And then it, once we increase that national talent pool, I think the answer, and this is a very vague answer, probably one I don't apologise for. No. You don't, you don't actually, we don't actually know what the ceiling is right now. No. Um, you, ne- you never know. Like, um, if you never know where these, where these players are. Um, so yeah, it, you don't know what the ceiling is. We'd obviously like to improve those rankings, mm. but I would, I would see success and be very satisfied if we managed to achieve um, creating a sustainable national yeah. pool yeah. with that yeah. um, conveyor belt of players consistently coming through. And with a with a scouting team, often the the results uh, are not instant; they are long term results because you're finding players for exactly. the future, not players for the present. present. Mm. Exactly, and it's a long-term project. So what what we do now um, is it will be very different to what we do next year yeah. and the year after that. So it's always like a, it's always part of a, an evolution, really. That's sensational, uh, Russ. I, I'm yeah, again. I, I, I'm, I'm looking forward to, to yeah. seeing how this goes. It's, yeah. it's really interesting, isn't it? Where um, can we get a uh, Cook Island shirt from, mate? <laughs> um, yeah, good question. I'm not sure. Again, um, I got mine. I I got mine um, uh, directly from the um, the association, right. which I don't. I, I they probably won't want me telling you to go to them. To, no, I'll be doing it anyway. Mate. Order one. But I haven't got a club <laughs> shop on their website. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Russ told me you'd give me a shirt. No, he didn't. Yes, he yeah. did. <laughs> so yeah, I, I didn't get. I probably didn't get mine through a, a public facing route. I'm afraid. So, apologies. Another question I probably can't answer. There's the bus getting you again. Sorry, mate. <laughs> Good on you, Russ. And thank, thank you very much for getting up at uh, silly o'clock over there in uh, in Scotland. We really. Do appreciate. We'll have you back on. You can guarantee that. Yeah, certainly um, for an update. Yeah, it's absolutely. It's super, Thank you so much. Uh, super exciting and, and and informative for not only myself but for our listeners. And again, if you have that connection to the Cook Islands, whether it's yourself being born there, your parents or your grandparents, you get in touch. You get onto that Cook Island mm. Football Association webpage. Get in touch with Alistair or, or Russ. And boom, you could be playing international football. And then we'll get you on the radio. And then you'll be sitting in that spare chair right there telling me, hey, Huey told me. Yes, he did. <laughs> Anything you'd like to leave us with, Russ, before we let you go? No, just um, thank you very much for having me on. Um, yeah, if you like, welcome to come back in the future to let you know how it's going or who yeah. knows, perhaps with another another nation in the mm. future. We'll look forward to that ocean. Sensational. Thank yeah. you very much for your time, Russ. I really do appreciate it. And we, and Alistair as well, uh, and the Cook Islands Football Association for making you available for this chat. We look forward to chatting with you again in the future. No, thanks very much, both. Have a good have a good day. And you, good luck. You too. Get that coffee into you, mate. Cheers. Ta-da. <laughs> yeah, will do. I will do. And, and, Thank and, you. Ma- Bye-bye. Yeah, maybe next time we'll talk about Reading. And that was Russ Gurr, the head of scouting for the Cook Islands Football Association. A Reading fan. I thought we were doing it tough. Oh, a Reading fan. Reading fan. Oh, I feel his pain. I really do. You've got him up at silly o'clock in the morning I and he's a Reading supporter. There's a club that needs help. And how about that for a segue, we've got the Lost Lioness Hayley Roach coming up after the break and she's going to talk to us about Reading and just how... Yeah, I'll leave yeah. that hanging there. <laughs> Let's go to a break here. <laughs> we'll go for a break. <laughs> Stick with us. You're on the World Football Programme with Jim Webb and myself, Hugh Best, on 107.9 Radio Fremantle.
Radio Fremantle, 107.9 FM. Hey, hey, it's Futsal WA, the leading futsal organisation in Western Australia. With continually growing men's, women's and junior competitions for any ability levels all year and all around Perth, Futsal WA also provides elite development pathways and competitions for juniors, youth and seniors. The fun, fast-paced social aspect of the game could be the perfect fit for you. To enter a team or to find out more, contact us on 0432 745 140 or simply at www.futsalwa.org.au. Gate and Fence Hardware WA, your one-stop shop for all gate and fence hardware components, wrought iron, automation and electronic gate security. We can offer great advice and solutions for your project. Trade and layman, welcome. Hardware shipped all over Australia. Contact the team on 92586822 or shop online at gateandfencehardware.com.au. Station sponsor. Oswest Fencing and Wrought Iron is a fourth generation family business. Ring us about your custom gate and fence projects. We can manufacture, install or automate your gates, offer electronic security or simply just provide sound advice. Let our family look after your family. Oswest Fencing and Wrought Iron. Call us on 9258-6822. Station sponsor. Radio Fremantle 107.9 FM. And you are listening to Radio Fremantle, the World Football Programme. And joining us on the line is the Lost Lioness, the superstar, the absolute legend, the rare Rotherham superstar fan, Hayley Roach. Good morning, good afternoon, Hayley. How are you today? Hello, I'm good. So we go from Reading to Rotherham, right? Reading yeah, yeah. Rotherham. So, so yeah. Let's make it, it as quick as that because no one wants to talk about Reading. <laughs> <laughs> we we've got you on. As I said uh, just in that introduction uh, off air, like I could talk about the English Premier League until I get bored, which usually takes about a minute because you know you can buy <laughs> success, but in the Championship you've got to earn it. Where yep. you, let's start with Rotherham. They've not had the greatest yes. of starts. No, no, our form going in uh, four games in. Yeah, we're not doing we're not doing super super well. Um, we've got a tough fixture this weekend. Uh, you know, we're well for those who don't know, we're playing Norwich. They're currently second in the table, yep. and we are very much in the bottom four currently. Um, so yeah, so I think it's going to be four points to Norwich, but it's, it's no. New York Stadium in Rotherham. So you know, any any anything can happen. But yeah, going into tomorrow's game for Rotherham, uh, you know, it looks like the odds are stacked against them. But it is at the New York Stadium, and we're going to have that home oh. advantage and that home crowd. And let's hope that uh, they put in a really good performance. New York Stadium. I prefer Millmore. Millmore was a Millmore. Oh, I used to love going Millmore. to Millmore. I know. It, it just doesn't sound the same. These old stadiums where, as an away supporter, you used to have to go down a back street. Uh, <laughs> there was yeah. there was like a rubbish tip on one side. <laughs> the puddles were up to your knees. Hey, that was a Rotherham <laughs> football club. Come on, don't call it the rubbish tip. <laughs> I used to know. Those are the grounds. They're the grounds that are fan. They're the best grounds to go to when you when you're going to football. And uh, yeah, right. yeah, we. Um, so we, yeah. So I used to work at Rotherham United uh, a very long time ago uh, in the days of, in the days of Millmore. So um, 
And yeah, for an away fan coming, it was very much you got marched down Millmore Lane <laughs> yeah. down to down to the, the you know the one end because it, fans are very much segregated um, in in the Millmore Stadium uh, and very much got a police escort yeah, in and yeah. out, um, you know, onto the buses and, and into, the, into the stadium um, and very intimidating. Uh, uh, and Rotherham used to it was a very small little old stadium, and you say it was in a in a scrap metal yard. It was owned by um, the scrap metal merchant of That's Rotherham, right. so he built that, he yeah. built Millmore uh, kind of on his property, um, which uh, CF Booth was the scrap metal merchant, um, and Mr. Ken Booth used to own Rotherham United. So. Um, yeah, it's, it's got a lot of history. The ground's still there. It's very sad to see when I go home and when I see it. Um, it looks very sad mm. because it, they literally closed the doors on it. Yeah. You know, so everything's still there. Um, and it is very sad to see. But, you know, the community and the town, they have got behind. It's a beautiful new stadium. It's purpose-built. Um, you know, and it uh, it attracts good good players for the level you know of the of the, the championship, if you like. Now, so if, it is a good stadium. Yeah, before um, we move off, it's just from, a different from, atmosphere from Rotherham. It, it must have been a heartbreaker. I mean, uh, a two-one loss at home to, to Leicester, and, and Leicester. Well, I mean, out snatch and grab that one. I mean, come on now. Yeah, oh. yeah, yeah. No, yeah. yeah. I know. Well, we're top uh, of the table. Yeah, you playing like rubbish. Table, so, yeah, hundred. Yeah. Hayley, Hayley, I'll give you fourth place at the end of the season. You're going to take it, or fourth from bottom, rather. Are you going to take it? Oh, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> yeah. Oh, we, we, we did last year. Yeah, right? that's right. Yes, that's we'll, right. We'll take it again. It yeah, was the last uh, day of the season gonna... as well that you, you got out of relegation. Yeah. 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 Was... So we've just got to find, uh, you know, uh, three other worst clubs. We've just got to be the fourth <laughs> worst club in the league. Well, well, yeah, yeah, yeah. There's two of us in the studio now that could be that contender. Let me have a think. Wednesday, Huddersfield and Middlesbrough. They're, oh, they're, they're rubbish. QPR. QPR. QPR, QPR, QPR is shocking. Oh, my. Yeah, let's have a chat about QPR, Hayley. What's going yeah. on there? QPR. QPR. Ha, 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 ha. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well done, Jim. <laughs> That's not really? the Millwall coming out to you, is it? No, brilliant. But anyway, let, well, let's just talk about fixtures that we've, we've got kind of coming up yeah. uh, this weekend. Sheffield Wednesday versus Leeds. I know. Oh, that is a big Yorkshire derby. Yeah, get the coppers out for that one. Gee, oh, dear. Yeah, oh, absolutely. There'll be, uh, there'll be a lot of um, military presence around that picture, yep, that's yep. for sure. Yeah, I spoke, um, spoke but, to a Leeds fan uh, just the other day and uh, had, to, had to sink the slipper. They're back where they belong. I was sick and tired of hearing that. Oh, we're back where we belong in the Premier. No, no, you. That's what I said. You're back where you belong now. Back with the uh, with the pack. You you're in there with the rest of us, and you're rubbish. And he didn't like that. Yeah, he didn't like. No, that. of course. <laughs> uh, Leeds United fans, but to be fair, Leeds United fans and Sheffield Wednesday fans uh, have very big heads, and all oh, yeah. they still believe that they belong oh, yeah. in the Premiership. They still think that they're there, um, and that that's their rightful place. Yeah, um, which. Um, uh, it's tough being a Rotherham United fan. We've never quite had aspirations um, of, you know, being Premiership, uh, being a Premiership club. We're very, uh, we've got aspirations to do well, of course, and succeed. Of course. Uh, but we, you know, we know our limitations and we know what finance that we've got, what yeah. we can afford and what we, you know, where we can go. Join, um, join the club. You know what, though? So we need to have a conversation the 20th of September. Well, oh, it's funny that's you should our, mention that, Hayley. That's our big match. Millwall versus Rotherham. I'll, so. I'll, I'll, I'll let you in a little secret about that go. game. Here we I'm, go. I'm flying back and arrive on the 17th of September. <laughs> 
But wait. Now, now, there's two, there's two stories to this. I arrive, <laughs> I, my flight lands at 6.15 Sunday morning. We've got yeah. leads, leads at home at midday. Oh. <laughs> I've, I've got five and a half hours to get from Heathrow Airport to my dad's house to get changed hour to get down to Millwall because I've already got my you ticket. You can do that. You can do it. You can do it. If your now, flight's delayed, you just go straight to the ground. I've already contacted BA to make sure yeah. that flight isn't delayed. <laughs> He's already booked a pub meal. He's going to be there a couple of hours beforehand. <laughs> but, but now let's go on to the game on the 20th, Millwall versus yep. Rotherham. Oof. Yep. Little secret. Someone's birthday that day. Yeah. He's going to be it's, in it's the actually, crowd for that one as it's well. It's actually my birthday that day as well. And... There's one thing that always happens. We always lose on my birthday. So, so congratulations. Okay. <laughs> Brilliant. It's, it's all right. I'm putting a bet on right now. And uh, Rotherham to, to win away at Millwall uh, on, the tw- on the 20th. I would go 1-0, 90, oh, sorry, 98th minute. Own goal. <laughs> own goal. <laughs> and Jim's going home unhappy, kicking the cat. <laughs> I look forward to our conversation, Jim. Um. <laughs> but uh, I've had some, some happy times watching, you know, going going to Rotherham and and. Yeah, I remember going there one year. Uh, England were playing at half past five, and and Rotherham. I was part of the Junior Lions, Junior Mill Sports. Lions. And, and Rotherham actually invited the Junior Lions into like a clubhouse to yeah. watch the England game before nice. we travelled back down to London. And, nice. And I, remember, and I remember Ronnie Moore, the then manager, yeah, being, Ronnie Moore. being there. And he was good as gold with the kids and, you know, watched yeah. the game with them. And, and, yeah, really, really good times and good friendly club. Yep. So, more fixtures yeah. for the championship today. Uh, we've got, uh, uh, do I need to say it, we've got... The Blues, the Blues are playing Millwall. Oh, another difference. Oh, there's three points for Millwall. Thank you very oh, much. I doubt it. <laughs> Two sides that believe that they are in the wrong division: Sunderland and Southampton. And I say to those fans, yes, you are. You should be division below. <laughs> they were a few years ago. Yeah, they were. Yeah, I oh, know we're a big club. People Maybe have not. short memories, don't they? Yeah, exactly right. They do. Yeah. What do you, what's your thoughts on those two games there? Well, I mean, I know what Jim's going to say. He's got three points for Millwall, but that oh, Sunderland Southampton game. That's got cracker written all over it. Yeah, it has. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I don't know. Tough one to call on that one. Oh, we'll, um, we'll, we'll call it a board draw then. Bugger them. We don't want to talk we'll about them anyway. We'll call it a board draw. Yeah. yeah, we'll go a board draw. Yeah. Yeah. Swansea will take on Bristol City. Uh, Coventry City. Coventry City. The home of ska music. You've got to love that. Did you see their ska shirt they brought out a couple mm, of years ago? Yeah, that was, good. Oh, was, yeah, that was, yeah. okay. Sold out in an instant. It was that good. Coventry City will take on Watford. Ipswich Town take on Cardiff. That's, again, Ipswich. Oh, we're, no, you're not. You, you've been in, like, League Two or League One for, like, forever. <laughs> Ipswich, you're rubbish. Tractor boys, get on one and go Ed, away. Ed Sheeran's pumping yeah. the money into Ipswich, oh, though, Ed isn't he? Ed Sheeran's <laughs> pumping the money into him. Yeah, I'm, I'm going to take an Ipswich win on that uh, one, I, I think reckon. so, yeah. Oh, are you really? Mm, I've yeah, got Cardiff. No. Oh, OK. No, no I'm going to go I mean, it's still early in the season. Can't, I'm, all right, uh, OK. Cardiff well, is well, shocking. Yeah, we've already spoken about Leeds and Sheffield Wednesday. That's just going to be a, uh, uh, a seven hundred and fifty to three hundred in the uh, in in the lockup at the end of the game. We won't worry about the scores. <laughs> how many arrests are going to be on that one? Gee whiz, that's that's going to be a yeah, fight and a half. You know what? I'm going to Leeds victory because being a Rotherham fan, we 
you know, we support anybody really yep, who plays Sheffield right. Wednesday. Rather than um, anyone who's playing those. You, you probably want Leeds to win, so Sheffield Wednesday are cut adrift at the bottom. So that's, that's right. That's one of, them, one of them three spots sealed. Totally, <laughs> yeah. totally. This is how it rolls in Yorkshire. But, yeah, um, yeah, yeah, so elite victory. Leicester, I hope they get hammered. Yeah, yeah hammered, <laughs> exactly right. And so are the fans. Leicester, allegedly, allegedly, Leicester, <laughs> Leicester City will take on Hull City. So, again, Leicester 100% record, but they are playing rubbish football. Oh, I'll play rubbish to get a 100% record any day. You've seen West Brom lately, have you? It's still early days as well, right? We're still only four four games in, but yeah, um, maybe the but yeah, they've got the they've got four four they're four out of four. That's so right. they they're they're, they're not going to be complaining that their football's not the best. Exactly right. Um, uh, they'll they'll keep taking the victories. Um, but yeah, Hull are currently eighth in the table. That's right. So it could, it could be a good competitive. Somebody's got to knock Leicester. Somebody's going to cop Leicester playing bad football, and it's not going to be their day. Well, you know, yeah. somebody's going to play better football and, and take the points off them. I mean, you got them last week. They weren't playing good football. Unfortunately, you just uh, yeah. Hit, hit, uh, we won't talk about it. It's heartbreaking for you, uh, Haley. We've got Middlesbrough yeah. taking on, and how is it pronounced again, Jim? QPR. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, good one. <laughs> Middlesbrough down uh, down at the foot of the table. Yeah, they'll go up. They'll 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 improve. They're rubbish. Yeah, they'll improve. Oh. They were rubbish last year. Yeah, they were in this position last year. Yeah, right. well, yeah, that's right. Okay, yeah, well, good call. And it's like we said, it's been, early I think, in the season. I think this time last year, Coventry and Middlesbrough were both in that relegation area and both made the playoffs. We were bottom of the table. Mate. You were bottom of the table. Yeah, oh. I think you played us and won, and that was your start of the season. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Normally happens. <laughs> yeah, I wasn't going to bring that one up. Um, we've got Plymouth Argyle and Blackburn Rovers. That's uh, that's a travel for Blackburn. What's your thoughts on that one, Hayley? Yeah, that's a that's a good one. Um, I, I like Blackburn as a club, you know. I do uh, I do like Blackburn. Um, they, they're ninth, Plymouth are sixteenth. Um, they're they're a little bit more on form. They've what they've won two out of their last four games. Plymouth haven't. Yeah. Um, I'm going to go. I'm going to go Rovers on that one. Oh, yeah. oh, I always fancy Plymouth at home because it's such a long way. Do you? Oh, it's such a long <laughs> way. Have you ever done <laughs> Plymouth? Always... Or... Have you ever done Plymouth? Oh, go. <laughs> Every game Plymouth have got, unless it's a home game, it's a long way. It's a long way. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, what's well, Sunderland and Plymouth Argyle? I mean, there's a distance, yeah. Derby. Oh, oh, there's a fixture. Yeah, there's a fixture for Car- you. Oh, Carlisle, Plymouth Argyle, will be. Oh, that, yeah. Uh, we've already spoken about uh, Rotherham getting three points against Norwich City. Oh, so easy. Easy. <laughs> easy. Yeah, go to your bookie bank, that one. That's easy. Uh, yep. Stoke are taking on Preston North End, two sides that have, as they believe, if you talk to their fans, a rich history of success which uh, hasn't equated to anything in the trophy cabinet in recent decades. No. Um, but Preston are currently on form, you know. I know. They are. Yeah, they Preston, are. Are, mm. Preston are doing all right. Uh, well, um, yeah, you know, fifth in the table, three wins in their last four. Um, I, yep, yeah, undefeated I as well. I think it's going to take something. Undefeated, yep. yeah. I think it's going to take something for, um, yeah, Stoke to, to take some points off. Um, well, that off being Preston. said, Stoke... But it is a home game for Stoke. Yep, that's so, right. you know... And they're, yeah. uh, you know, uh, two wins from four games, so they're, they're two wins, two draws, uh, two losses. So, you know. Yeah, it could yeah, it could, it could go their way with it being the home fixture. Yep. Yeah. And now the game of the round, all together now, West Bromwich Albion take on Huddersfield Town. <laughs> Hayley, I know you're going to be cheering for the baggies on this one. Tell us why. <laughs> West Bromwich Albion versus Huddersfield. What a... 
fixture. <laughs> um, uh, home, home for West Brom. Uh, Huddersfield, yeah, down the bottom of the table. It's got to be, it's got to be points for West Brom. Yep, Callis Cobrand uh, doing sensational work with the Baggies. Uh, yeah, they are currently seventh. Um, only the one loss, and that was the opening game. So we, uh, yeah, happy to see we were at the right end of the table uh, at the start of the season. Yeah. So, so yeah. Hayley, you see, yesterday was uh, was transfer deadline yep. day, or as West Brom supporters know, it, it was Friday. <laughs> 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 we normally call it clear out day. We 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 were actually amazingly quite active. Where we I think we we signed three and got rid of three. Um, and, we, and I was I was amazed with that. I was more amazed that Watford didn't do anything, which they normally get rid of a load of players and bring yeah, in yeah, yeah. a load in as well. Um, any anything catch your eye in in that in that transfer deadline day? Did you notice? Um, no, I mean to be fair, we usually just pay attention to what's going on with Rotherham United. So uh, nothing happened. So, so nothing happened. So, so it was Friday very, for you as well. Very, yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I, I'm very, very quiet. Um, uh, yeah. You can always <laughs> give him a slap, Hayley, and you know, give me the permission. I can reach over and get him in one no, for you. Listen, lifelong Robbie United supporter, you know, you, you take it, you learn to, uh, you've got broad shoulders. And yeah. <laughs> so uh, it's, it is the way it is, the way it goes. Um, but no, nothing, uh, nothing super happening for Rotherham. Uh, we've got a, um, we've signed on loan an Aston Villa defender, mm-hmm. um, a young young kid. So hopefully he's got so, uh, a bit so of energy. Yeah, and, any anyone uh, from Aston Villa is rubbish. You you, you sent him back and, and asked for your money back. <laughs> well, he's only on he's only on loan, so we're not we're not taking him forever. Yeah, don't pay um, his wages either. Get <laughs> <Yeah>, it? Don't. <laughs> but um, and then who else did we sign? We have got. Uh, we've got a guy from Carlisle United, um, Joshua Coyote. Oh, okay. Um, so he's yeah. So uh, he's he's come from Carlisle um, um, on a one year on a one year contract. So let's see how he works out. Not championship related, but one of the interesting ones that came up was Johnny Evans from Leicester back to Manchester United. It's like uh, we made him captain, and he went, "No, thank you, I'm off." <laughs> oh, cheeky bugger, Johnny Evans. He can go. Uh, yeah, I'm just having a look. There's nothing really there of, of any great uh, interest. Uh, Timothy Pemberley from Paris St. Germain to Sunderland. Uh, undisclosed. So, oh. yeah, that was an interesting one. Oh. Mm. That, that's pretty good. Sunderland usually, yeah. Sunderland, um, they, they're, they're quite a big club, aren't they? I would expect them no, to find the table and be, uh, be, be, be in the top half of the table. And here we go, Jim. Yeah. I've, I've gone through the listing. At 22.30 UK time, Ludogrets. That powerhouse of European football, Ludogorets, have uh, let us have their uh, attacking creative midfielder Pippa on loan for the season. Oh. Nice. So we did get one. <laughs> <laughs> one that nobody's heard of. <laughs> Who's bound to score the winner when you play us? <laughs> and just for Russ, if he's still listening, uh, he would know this one. Reading have signed Clinton Moller from VFB Stuttgart on a free transfer. So Reading looking forward to uh, better things with a German superstar in their side, apparently. With an, interna- in, an international player. I know. I know. Right. What, why would he be going to Reading? Like, I'm at Stuttgart. I'll just sit in the grandstand and watch, watch some real football. I'm not going to Reading, mate. Turn it up. <laughs> so, Hayley, come on then. Who's, who's going to win the league this year? West Bromwich Albion. And it's not West Bromwich Albion. So, it'll, it'll, the automatic promotion player uh, spots will be West Bromwich Albion and Millwall and uh, Rotherham will finish third and go up uh, through, via the playoffs, yes? Oh, sounds like a... And, and then we woke up. <laughs> and then we <laughs> woke up. The, the verve once said the drugs don't work. <laughs> <laughs>
<laughs> and then we wake um, up. As long as it's not Leeds United or Sheffield Wednesday, yeah. um, yeah. I'll take absolutely anybody else yeah. in the league win it with, with with winning. So yeah, I'll even I'll even give the you know top marks to Millwall. Um, or West Brom, and uh, yep. you know that's coming. That's saying something from a Yorkshire girl. <laughs> yep. And uh, last, before we let you go, uh, and I was told uh, the Perth Glory fans last year we should have got him, Andy Carroll, uh, because that uh, German superstar has come in. Andy Carroll has left Reading on a free. He's gone to French football. I means on a free transfer. Oh. Andy Carroll Andy gone. Andy Carroll. There's a name I haven't heard for a while. Ward number two last year. Yeah. Number two. Centre forward wearing number two. Yeah, yeah I know. <sighs> yeah. yeah. I, I, I want a first right. team shirt. Well, the only right. one we got for you, Andy's two. That'll do. That'll do. First team shirt. When I come, when I come to power, shirts are one to eleven again. <laughs> yeah, 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 I'm with you. I am. I heard that conversation. I'm totally with you. Absolutely. All right, we've got to go, Haley. Always running out over time. Um, yeah, uh, Lent here with Bags Group. Haley, thank you for joining us. Uh, we will talk again soon. You bet we will. And uh, you have fun. Bye for now. Cheers, Haley. Cheers, bye. Sorry about the uh, cut off, but yeah, Lynn's going to kick me if I don't get out. Ta da! <laughs> and that's the end of the World Football Programme for another week. Uh, many thanks to our partners for having us on. Lynn will be joining it with the World uh, with Bags Groove. Bye for now. Oh dear, oh dear. <laughs> Just. <laughs> Join us again next week at the same time for the World Football Programme on Radio Fremantle 107.9 FM.